What is this? For the masses. Welcome to the For the Masses podcast. My name is John Barrett, your host. This is episode eight, and the numbers keep going up. That's a recurring theme on the show because it's true and it shows progress, and I'm super excited about that. I'm super excited for the masses community and all the love you've been showing me and the feedback. So I'll keep continuing to bust out these episodes, working hard, and continue to enhance the audio. Okay, so this episode is featuring a young lady who's just breaking numbers in Division 2. She's a Division 2 track star and recently had a huge development. She'll be working on with the Olympic bobsled team as a developmental athlete. So I'll, I'll cut this short. Let's jump straight into the episode. Liz Close for the Masters Podcast. Hey, but I like Liz Close. I think <laughs> Liz Close is like Liz Yeah, Close. it's clean. It's Chris. Like Liz Close. Yeah, Liz Close. I like it. Clean They're like, hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, well, Liz Close and so-and-so are out there. They were like taking pictures or something like absurd. Yeah, usually like, were. Apparently. <laughs> so Liz Close, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast. I'm excited. I haven't been on a podcast before. You have a very, uh, an amazing story that's been evolving with time. And I'm super excited for everyone to hear it. Thank you. I'm really excited to share it. I feel especially with everything going on at NCAA, it's fun to be able to put myself out there oh, at different day. It's such a good time to be an athlete in Division. Division 1, 2, or 3 sports right now. Yeah. For, just, for multiple reasons. So, Hold on. Are I, you going to make a poster? I want to. I wanted to ask Connor who made his because his was pretty spectacular. So now I could probably hop on Fiverr and be like, hey. Yep. Hop on Fiverr, send them the pictures of you that you sent me for the podcast, and and then say, hey, I need you to make this, and like you can make it like more feminine, like like yeah, yeah, I'm excited, you know. So uh, everyone listening, Liz Close is a Division two athlete, phenomenal athlete whose career has been recently evolving like rapidly. But <laughs> Division two just authorized athletes to be able to make money from their likeness. So that's what we're talking about right now. Yeah. So. Especially in my new adventure. It's yeah, it's an expensive sport to be a part of. So having an opportunity to be sponsored and to put myself out there in a way I never have before is really exciting. No, I agree. And I think um so like I have an experience with another Bob Sledder that I'll tell you either later or offline. <laughs> okay. And then B, my aunt was a Jamaican bobsled. Well, so my aunt did the soundtrack for the movie Cool Runnings on Disney Channel. Yeah. A Jamaican bobsled movie. So yeah. That, I, one, that one gold. I know that very well, especially in the last few weeks. We were like, hey, have you seen Cool Runnings? And I was like, I have, actually. That's crazy. So you got to meet my aunt. She, she, she sung the soundtrack on that. And she's just an amazing person. So I'm going to tell her about you. And then you can talk to her. Even though she never did that or nothing. But it'll be dope. But so let's close. Like, so where are you from? Tell everyone a little bit about yourself. You know, so, what you do. I'm from a small town outside of Pittsburgh. I'm from Somerset, Pennsylvania. Um, it's more famously known for where Flight 93 went down, which isn't the most cheerful thing, but it's a good place to locate. I didn't know that. So I grew up there. I've been there till I went to college. My parents grew up. My father grew up here and my mom grew up about 30 minutes away. So born and raised, bred in Somerset County. Man, outside of Pittsburgh. I love Pittsburgh, by the way. I'm there a lot because it's like a vibe. Oh, absolutely. You know, so so let's go. So like you, you run track. I do. All right. Do you hate when people say they play track? It's one of those things where you just kind of giggle when they say it. You're like, yeah, you, I do play track in a way. It's like when people say you play wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah so very similar experiences. So like how long have you been doing it? How, how, how long were you running track? 
I started when I was about 13. I started in junior high sports. I wasn't really an amazing athlete at any, like many things. I decided I wanted to do something and be athletic. I came from a really sport-oriented family, and I wanted to be successful. And I was a cheerleader. I was a gymnast. And I tried organized team sports such as softball, volleyball, all of those things. And I wasn't awful at them. They just were not, I guess, stimulating enough for me. So I started off in track in seventh grade and I was a sprinter. I ran the longer races. I ran the 800 and they just, yeah, it was awful. And I can attest to my young life leader. Then she moved away and lives in Winchester. She put me in the hurdle race and it just clicked. I was really good at it right off the bat. And ever since I tried to quit in eighth grade and she literally looked at me and said no. And so ever since then, I've just, I started hurdling. I hurdled all throughout my junior high career. And then my high school career, I picked up another sprints and I would run about four, run, well, obviously you can only run four events at a track meet in high school, but I would run all four races on the track. So either the 100, the 100 hurdles, the 200, the 300 hurdles, and the 400. So you're smart, Liz Close. You're a smart woman. Anything more than 400 is mental toughness and you can do that other ways. So, and that kind of paved my way towards college. I was fortunate to break a whole bunch of school records in my time at Somerset High, and which allowed me to get noticed from Wheeling Jesuit, where we met. That's and right. yeah, that's the rest is history almost, but not really. But I know, right? Hold on. So, what made you pick Wheeling Jesuit? Like, were there other schools you were like considering, or like why West Virginia? Um, so I took all my official visits at D1 colleges except for Wheeling Jesuit. I looked at Xavier University in Cincinnati, Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg, Maryland. I think that's where it's at. Francis and Loretto. So I took all these D1 visits and Coach Rich Matarkowski, who he could sell you a broken car if he wanted to, yeah. emailed me through a recruiting website when I was a junior, like really early on. And was thought, hey, you want a small school? You're Catholic. I think this is your fit. Mm-hmm. I took an official visit there. I don't know if you know this. I took an official visit there, and Taisha was my oh gosh, was my I love Taisha. Took me to a party and it got busted. Did you really? I feel like I, I feel like I was around and I remember that. I she took all the track recruits to this big party and it got busted. And I remember crying in the end. She just handled it so well, and Coach Matt handled it so well, and I knew that was just a safe environment. So that honestly was one of the things that clicked for me. I remember calling my mom. I was like, Mom, I might get in trouble. No, right? That's so funny. I feel like I remember that most definitely. And uh, You guys had a good coaching staff. We had yeah. a great coaching staff. Um, unfortunately, I mean, I don't think anyone except for Patrick Stanton, who there I can speak the world about, is yeah. still there. But we had Rich Matarkoski. We had Ricky Moore. Yeah, Andy Kidwell and so I mean together they work seamlessly. I agree. I agree. I feel like uh like they're obviously like obviously I coach, right? So like I see many of the coaching staffs and like, you know, I feel like track and field like for for them, they created their own environment, control the variables that they could and like help motivate you guys to, you know, be the best use. You know, and like all, mainly all of you when you left program, like could walk on any other program, you know? And it seemed like a lot of you did that, right? Yeah. Uh actually only I think I think four girls for sure are still running in my recruitment class. Yeah. But they, I mean, they're all insane athletes and they chose to quit their sport on their own. No, I get that. And I mean, it, like I said, like doing it at that level 
it's like it's a lot yeah I said my biggest things right now I'm more I when I'm home I coach a lot and my biggest thing I say to all the athletes is if you don't love it in high school it becomes a burden to you in college 100% you want a sport that you grew up loving to ever have such a negative connotation in your life so if you're gonna go to college and dedicate your part of your life to a sport make sure you're all about it no absolutely and because like I think you know when you go to college like it's not just a season you know, you got preseason, you got postseason, you know, um, even if you're a coach, like you're, you're recruiting, you know, when you're off season. So it's really, it's really a lifestyle, you know, and um, those who adopt, you know, usually have success, yeah, you know, and, and you did right <laughs> early on. So like, what do you think attributed to you having so much success at a at the early stage in your career? So I actually, at Wheeling, I think my success was a lot more academically and just learning how to take care of my body better. So I got hurt right off the bat because I didn't understand how you to feel your body, sleep. I didn't understand that you can't run on a high school schedule with a college schedule. Yeah. So I think I can attest a lot of my success to the the things Rich Matacosti instilled in me, which was taking care of your body, sleeping at least eight hours a night, eating, and I think a lot of... Even you've probably seen a lot of female athletes are finally opening up to saying, hey, I struggled with not eating because I thought yeah. I should do this. And I fell, I fell into that brigade at Wheeling a lot because we were a really big distance program and everyone was tall and slender and skinny. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's what I needed to be. So I got hurt right off the bat. I tore my hamstring, which ended up causing hip surgery. And I, I took the time to kind of get my mind right and recover. And when I did that, I think that all allowed all the stars to align for me, which gave me almost instant instant success at my new school. No, I, I agree. And um, I so like for me, after coaching for X amount of years now, the what I noticed about top, like top tier athletes was like they do other stuff besides their sports, you know. So for me, I always saw you like you had a camera and you would just be like going around taking pictures, or sometimes you would just be playing on it like in random spots and like, hey, let's close. What are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm doing this, you know? So I feel like you had other hobbies besides, you know, running track. So, like, do you think that helped you any? I do. I think that helped with a lot of the stress that track was. I was so worried about being really good at track that I let it, like, engulf my life too much in the beginning. So I had to learn to take a step back and try to find the joy in it. So trying the joy in track allowed me to have hobbies, such as taking photos at sporting events at Wheeling, which translated over to having a small photography business I have now. And I made better connections with my teammates which allowed them to become friends and not teammates then too i think which no absolutely and like like i said like i think even for me when i competed like when i got hurt and i'm just like around like messing with the guys keeping them like like focused on other things during when they're competing i feel like i got better yeah you know? exactly you know so like so i agree so but the other thing is i also saw is like when people get hurt in college it's either like they're going to go like where the route you went or they just go like a downward spiral bring people with them and they end up like leaving you know how do you think you like you stayed mentally tough through an injury because hamstrings aren't like people don't really it's hard to come back from hamstrings trust me yeah I've been, and it's an injury i still battle all the time yeah it's hopefully with trying to be an olympic try to be on the olympic team for bobsled and track and field you get it you have to you have to bounce between weight classes all the time which is really mm-hmm. and so that alone has caused injuries but i think surrounding myself with good people and knowing that you can return to a point of yeah. being again i think some people let themselves get so negative in the idea that they'll never be what they were. And I'm a huge believer in manifesting and just putting my energy in the world. And I think during that time where I had a major hip surgery, I kept thinking, okay, I can only go up. And I think that really drove me to wanting just to go up. And no, absolutely. What are like some manifestation habits you have? So I'm a huge, huge red knight. I like to say like the things I'd like for my intentions for the next day, whether it be, Hey, I want to, 
I think I just need to have a healthier day tomorrow, whether that's mentally, physically, just putting my best foot forward. I'm a big manifester and things I want to happen for my future. I'm also pursuing a double degree right now of biochemistry and psychology. Mm -hmm. And I want to be a doctor if the whole pro athlete thing doesn't go its way. So I manifest a lot of stuff for that. Just telling myself that I was smart enough to do it. And I did have the mentality to do it. I think that was Big. For me, it's more a confidence booster, I would say. But yeah. you're a little close. <laughs> right. um, Hold on. So, so you do you write anything down? Do you have like a journal? Like, I, you that? if you, you don't want to tell, me. if you want to tell me, I'll no, tell no, you taught me in what was it called? Luciak? I don't know what it was called. First year, yeah. you taught me that every day I should write five things down, and that should be my like my list for the day. And I have lived vicarious. That's what I do. Oh. <gasps> Yeah, actually, so I have a journal in my book bag upstairs. It's like a little peach journal. And every, those are my days. I write my five things down, whether it's like things I need to do, things I want to do for myself, things I need to do better. My five lists. So I still oh, do that. That means the world to me. Yeah. Because that means someone listen. Yeah. And, and the fact that I can make an impact on at least one person, that means a lot. Man, that's so crazy. I gotta be, cause I feel like I'm the type of guy who's like, you know, I'm an officer, so we like to talk, you know, so we just be talking and stuff like that. No one listens. But I'm glad, I'm glad to help you though. No, it did. It really did. Especially in a time where I was so malleable that I needed to make better time management changes, especially in that regard. So I think having the ability to like kind of look at my day and have like five things I want to do, or even just five things like I need to tell myself, and that helps a lot. Absolutely. And um, I'll tell you this, my buddy, uh, Max, he, he went to Jesuit with me, but um, he ended up wrestling on the Olympic circuit, well, the, the World Series, the World Circuit, and he's like dual citizenship, so he wrestles for Costa Rica. And um, every night before bed, he writes 10 things down, 10 intentions, you know? And um, and like I said, like straight out of Division Two, putting up for Division Two, and like about a month ago, he placed at the Pan American game. That's yeah. amazing. So, so, yeah, so it's a pretty big accomplishment. It shows that, like, you know, really setting your intentions and manifesting, you know, is a important thing. So, like, how, how does your faith help you? So, obviously, I grew up in a Catholic background. My mom's a Catholic school teacher, unconfirmed, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. And I just think, for me, the idea that I can be a part of something bigger than myself allows me to feel like the weight of the world isn't on my shoulders yeah. a lot of the time. So, just having something to look to or someone to look to really helps me in that matter whether it's hey i have a big test tomorrow or hey like life's just hard right now yeah. someone you always have someone there to listen no. so i think for me that's no I, I agree i think i think it's super big and like i think you see a lot of elite athletes do have faith because and i, and I tell people like you know they have their views on like type, different type of religions and things like that but religion really does for people it gives them boundaries you know it gives them boundaries to like find find you can operate in between boundaries if you don't have boundaries for yourself you're just like everywhere you know and um i think that's super super important you know so so let's go so like so like you end up you mentioned you you transferred schools where did you transfer to so i transferred to lincoln memorial university it's in this small town in the middle of nowhere in harrogate tennessee so it's about 20 hours 20 hours 20 minutes north of knoxville tennessee so university um it's a college town this literal town was built around this college when we're gone it doesn't exist so how did you choose that school? So uh, I was about to have a hip surgery, as I stated before. I tore my labrum, and they did an FAI impingement surgery. And when I put that out there, a lot of colleges were hesitant about the recovery and how I could come back because you can either come back really well or not at all. Yeah. So basically, when my I left Wheeling Jesuit because my major was cut. I loved everything about it, but for me, 
I always had to put my academics first. So my major was cut and I basically wrote a, wrote like a letter out there to all the colleges. Yeah. And I just went through conferences and I looked at all these different schools. I was literally, if people can't see my fingers, like an mm-hmm. inch close to signing to Nova Southeastern in Florida. I was down there. I was visiting. I love the school. And while I was there, Coach Black, my track coach now, called me and said, hey, if you can make it to Tennessee in the next so-and-so days, I can make it worth your while. And my dad and I thought if he's willing to reach out to us in this way, we might as well follow suit. Mm-hmm. And I was down, we drove down, it's about 10 hours. We drove down and within five minutes on campus, I told my dad this was it. I never had gotten that feeling um, when I was visiting college as a junior and senior in high school, that home feeling everyone talks about that they got. Yeah. But when I finally like understood that feeling in this grassy farmland full of cows. My parents thought it was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And I hadn't even met the coach. I hadn't looked at a single building. I just knew there and then. So meeting him and t- him telling me everything the team could bring to the table and the academic side of things, it was just icing on the cake for me. Oh, that's awesome. And then when you got there, do you think it lived up to like the hype? Like how it made you feel? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my friends call me Miss LMU. I'm a huge part of their student activities, which you know from yeah. my experience, I'm a huge fan of student activities. I run a lot of social media accounts for them. The sports, everything sports there is just amazing. I mean, they treat us like superstars and I can't be more grateful that I ended up there. Oh man, that's awesome. I'm happy yeah. for you. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you it, saw everything. They hype me up like I'm the bond. love Liz Close. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm so happy for her. Well, you're a superstar. That's why. I'm fortunate that everything fell into place. I can say that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very happy for you because like I said, like I've seen a lot of like a lot of athletes like like injuries, you know, like make or break. You know, so I'm I'm glad I'm glad it's making you and continuing to make you, right? So yeah. so like you're going into your senior year now, right? Yes. So how many years of eligibility you got left? <laughs> okay. I'm a freshman this year. Really? You got that many? I used I've used a year and change basically. So when I got hurt my freshman year at mm-hmm. Wheeling, they gave me back my year. Okay, so you did. Okay. So when I transferred there, I also redshirted right away just to recover and get my body, get my feet under me, ten hours away from home. So and then COVID happened. So my junior year is my first year of eligibility. Wow. Yeah. So my parents were laughing at the conference championship. They kept announcing me as freshman Liz Close, and I was twenty one years old. So. Oh my god, that's so funny. That's awesome though. So, yeah. like, you know, depending on, like, what you want to do next, you know, you have opportunity. Yeah, I definitely am going to stay for a fifth year. I promised my coach that when I signed that I would stay for four years because yeah. I had I had the extra year then. So now that I have the extra years, I'm just going to play it by year and see no, what, absolutely. Yeah, what, where life takes me. No, absolutely. So how, so, like, now you read to everyone earlier, you were, like, like bobsled team. So, like, how did that come about? And let's talk about that whole process. Okay, so when I was at Wheeling, I applied to be a part of the next Olympic hopeful. Okay, and which is? Which is, okay, so it's this almost like a game show reality thing where they take these elite athletes and they find an Olympic sport for them that that's kind of lessened out. So it's speed skating, bobsled, skeleton, these weird, like winter sports that not many people do. Okay. So I sent in my stuff, like my 400 time, how many pull-ups I could do in a minute, how many push-ups I could do in a minute, almost like an army fitness test. Mm-hmm. And I made it through, like straight through, and I. Your probably, scores are probably higher than mine. <laughs> <laughs> probably then, yeah. But now I'm not so much sure. But I made it through, like absolutely shocked. And 
they kept calling me and I just had surgery. So I didn't get to make it through. So they kind of kept my name in their back pocket for a while. And I made it to the next year for Olympic hopeful again. And then they mm-hmm. came with COVID. Wow. So this year I got a call from, or I posted on my video. I was the highlight video for Lincoln Memorial this year. A boy posted my breakdown of my heptathlon. Okay. At conference. So, and I posted that and I had been in contact with Elena Myers. I don't know if you know who that is. Team USA captain before for Bob Sutton Skeleton. Okay. Hey, like I want to get back into the sport. This is something I've always wanted to do. And within, she asked for my contact information after seeing everything. And within 48 hours, I was at my high school's track and field state. Coach Mike Kahn, Team USA bobsled coach, called Mm -hmm. me and was like, hey, can you get to Lake Placid in 10 days? And I said, yeah, I can absolutely get to Lake Placid in 10 days. He's like, mm-hmm. cool. Where's Lake Placid? New York. So it's the Olympic okay. Training Center on the East Coast. And they have rhythmic gymnastics there, all the ski jumps, biathlon. So a lot of winter sports are there. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. And so he's like, everything will be paid for. I just need an answer if you can come. You'll be here for about 10 days. We just want to see if you're a good fit. And I said, absolutely. Like, <laughs> you can't say no yeah. to that. And I got there. And... I think I was a lot stronger than they expected me to be. And we maxed out, we sprinted, they taught you the technique of how to push the bobsled, and then we just competed. And I did well enough to keep their attention on me, and I'm on the d- development team now. So That's awesome. Hold yeah. on, so like the, the Olympic development team, like the like the Royal Olympic development team. So not technically yet. So I'm on the okay. national development team. So what that means is for the next few years, since I'm young, they'll put money into me to make me <laughs> to that Olympic standard. A lot of athletes such as Elena Myers, Lolo Jones, Lauren Gibbs that are bobsled athletes are retiring this year that this Olympic of 2022 is their last year so they have a lot of spots to fill and they've asked about five girls including myself to basically become better athletes to fill these spots man that's so cool so what does that look like moving forward like so for me it's just getting a lot stronger uh they would like and I have to go to pilot school yeah jacked on pilot school yeah so there's for the women's bobsled, there's the monobob. So you have to go down and you steer it. And it's a really complex, secretive way to steer it. I can't speak about that. You know, we can't have any other countries yeah, listening to this podcast. I mean, we want them to. Yeah, but yeah. All the secrets. Yeah, keep and all the secrets. Yeah. So, they, so it's a really specialized way to drive the bobsled. And they look for younger athletes so they can develop them over time. So um, Kaylee Humphreys is a phenomenal pilot. She's won two Olympic golds. And so for the women, there's only two bobsled races, but hopefully for 2026, there's going to be three. So Wow, that's yeah. so crazy. I'm very happy for you. Thank you. Me too. Obviously, I'm like decked out in my gear all the time. Oh, that's awesome. So how does it look like look like for like NCAA competing track and field? So? so I'm so fortunate I'm at a college that believes in me and everything I do. And so in November, I will be going out to Utah to that mm-hmm. training center in Salt Lake City and learning to be a bobsled pilot. Wow. Yeah. So, so you said next November? So you're going to take a... No, this upcoming November. Oh, I'm, still gonna be in school. I'm still going to be in school and they're going to let me take a few classes online during that time. And fortunately, indoor season doesn't occur till January. So I'm going to try to juggle both. But obviously, my priority still follows the track and field while I'm under the NCAA standard. But... That's awesome. Yeah. You're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. That's the whole point. I'm just doing it. That's so great. So you're going to be in, you're gonna be in Utah from November to like, to what, like? Middle of December? Yeah, thereabouts, yeah. Wow. So, like, 
that's so crazy. Like, well, it was an amazing opportunity. I'm very happy for you. I know like all of your friends are like, and your family are like super excited for you because you're just like, you're doing it, you know? Yeah, that's, that's it. It's literally it. They just, even when I went up there to New York a few weeks ago, I went in with the mindset that even if they didn't want me and they didn't choose me, that this alone was an opportunity that not many people get. So being able to fulfill that dream alone of just going and trying was enough. No, absolutely. That's a blessing. So like, how were your teammates? They were awesome. So they're all different ranges. Actually, uh, AJ Andrews, the professional softball player was there, which was really, really cool. Yeah, which is really cool. I think that's because on the download. She was there, but she was there. She was awesome. Such a good friend. And it was just amazing to see athletes there. There were professional football players there that were trying out for the men's team. There were, her name is Grace O'Shea. She runs track and field for Penn. Uh, she was trying out to be on the skeleton team. There were just these amazing elite athletes that were putting their best foot forward. Man, that's so crazy. So like, like, let's close, man. I'm, I'm, you're super inspiring. And like, I have a friend, she, she's kind of like similar to you. She's like nothing venture, nothing gain, you know, and she just like, you know, something comes up an opportunity, she'll apply for it, you know? And like, so like, what's one thing like for people listening, if they heard this, like, what would they, what would you tell them to do? I would just say that every opportunity that you're given, you have to fully exploit, whether that is a new job, a new title, anything that if you can't completely rip it apart and make it your own and enjoy every inch of it, then why do it? For me, this new path of being a bobsled athlete and trying to be a part of Team USA is just only going to enhance to me. So anytime something, anytime the journey brings me anguish or anxiety, then I'll know it's time to be done. No, I get that. Well, well, it's cool. What if people are scared? You know, how, how do they get past the fear? I've always grown up with a mentality that everything you ever wanted on, is on the other side of fear. So there is a type of fear that you have to push through to become that better version of yourself. But there's also a fear that you have to listen to that you have a gut instinct for a reason. And I think learning to differentiate the two will move mountains. No, absolutely. Liz Close said, push through the fear, everyone. Push through the fear, absolutely. Push through the fear. That might be the name of this podcast. Doing something crazy. You're doing something crazy. Okay, that might be it, actually. But so, so let's go. So I told you one thing about my bobsled experiences, my encounters with bobsledders. Okay, so that's yeah. one. My aunt, you know, did the soundtrack. So I dated this young lady who did <laughs> basically the same thing you're doing back in the day. Yeah, I'm not gonna say her name because she don't like me. But that's okay. she probably likes me. She probably likes me. <laughs> it's hard not to like you. We're good. It's fine. Okay. It's okay. All right. Well, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast and sharing your experience. And, you know, I know you inspired many people. No, I'm so honored to be on. You're my first podcast. Hopefully I get to jump on many more. Absolutely. Hold on. Who's close? You should make your own show. Ah, You see, I have a lot going on right now. You do. You're also training for the Olympics. You're right. You're right. right. I appreciate you being my biggest hype man always. It's amazing having good people in my corner. 100%. So, so let's go. Like, tell everyone your Instagram or like anything you want want to plug to them. Okay. Because remember, you guys can make money off your likeness now. Yeah. So, if anyone out there wants to follow me, I'm Lizzie from the THA block. Love that name. (laughs) I'm infamously known as Lizzie from the block to many amount of people and my twitter is cowboy close one word you can find me on anything lmu and i can't thank everyone enough for just coming out here and listening and always support jb and everything he does because there's no one more genuine than him oh i appreciate it look that means the world to me yeah absolutely all right all right talk about those close wow for everyone listening 
Liz Close throughout the whole interview had an amazing smile on her face. She could tell she's just happy at the place she's at in life. And that brings joy to me. And I know everyone on YouTube would could take joy from it as well. Because Liz Close is one of my former students. And it means the world to me that I could impact someone and then impact someone doing amazing things like she always doing. Well, I know all my students are doing amazing things all around the globe. So again, she's just tenacious about her life. She's going after her dreams, her goals, and she's living by the mantra nothing venture, nothing gain. So Liz Close, I'm super, super happy you could jump on a podcast. Thank you for spending time with us. And I look forward to seeing what you're going to do in the future. Illy, thank you for listening for the Masses Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to my mother, Alfredo Bullock. She ran her race with elegance and pride. I love you forever and always.